Have you gone through your life and said, I wonder what would happen if somebody did a movie where they took Back to the Future and merged it with Scream? What would that be like? Well, it'd be kind of like this. We're doing the 2023 movie Totally Killing. Come on, Bob. What the hell are you wearing? Looking like Big Bird's side bitch. Watch out for that first step, it's a doozy. It's got a dance curse. How about you? Mm, good. Hey, that Schwartz be with you. Check it out. Welcome, everybody, to Flick Magnet, the podcast. I am your host, Jay. I'm Bob. And we are here for episode 31, Robert. Roberta. We haven't updated the board in a while, so I kind of forget what number we're on. It still says 26. Yeah, froze. 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 Uh, I let her fell off. That's what we did a few weeks ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. That's, that's five episodes ago. That's a lot of episodes. Yeah. So, uh, what's up, buddy? What's new? Hey, nothing much, man. Just uh, same old, same old. Have you been watching anything? Lately, go to, go to the movies like I've been doing. I haven't been watching movies. I've been like a sixty-five-year-old man. I've been binging the show Blue Bloods with Tom with Selleck. Tom Selleck and his yeah. fucking awesome mustache, fantastic mustache. I also bought a copy of Mr. Baseball on Blu-ray. Damn, do you think he knows how to speak Italian because he of his mustache? I saw a movie that he shaved his mustache. Does, doesn't he look fucking weird as shit he, when he does that? He was playing Dwight Eisenhower. It was awful. Yeah. I looked at him and went, that's Tom Selleck. Grow your mustache now, Magnum. Where is your lip? It's gone. Speaking of speaking of Magnum P.I., yeah. every once in a while, Playmobil, Kids Toys, puts out toys. They put a Magnum P.I. play set. Really? I'm like, I should buy this for my kid. This is awesome. Comes with a little Tom Selleck. Comes with a little, like, his butler friend. What was his name? I don't remember. I forget. This is so long ago. Didn't he have that awesome Ferrari in that show? Yeah, yes. Yeah, it comes with a little Ferrari he can ride around in. Is that considered a convertible or those T-tops? I think it was a convertible. I don't think it was a T-top. Smoking the Bandit was a T-top. That was a... That was a, tr- a Pontiac? Pontiac Trans Am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trans Am. Black Trans Am. Yep, with the with the Gold <sighs> Eagle on the front. Ass. Badass. Um, so I saw a few movies. I saw The Nun Part 2. It was, uh, there were some scenes that scared the shit out of me. That's awesome. But it took a while to get there. Okay. That's okay. I don't mind that. I saw The Exorcist, the new one. How was it? Exorcist Beginnings. Eh. It had the mom in it for a little bit. I don't know why. That's what everybody's saying. It's eh. And spoilers. Time, 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 time. Okay. Spoilers. Linda Blair comes in at the end and she looks rough. Yeah, Rough. I've I've seen recent pictures of her. The mom looks a little better than Linda Blair. Ooh, that's awful. Anything else? I watched a movie called The Retaliators. It stars Five Finger Death Punch. What? The guy from Ice Nine Kills has a small role. Uh, from all these other cool bands, it's a good movie, man. I would recommend it. It's it's got it's got character arc. It's got a cool ending. The soundtrack's fucking off the walls. Oh, I did see a movie that you might like. What's that? Um, was it? It starred Nicolas Cage as a mute janitor, Willie's 
Funhouse or something like that. I've, I think I've seen that. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was weird as I, hell. I don't... Willie's Funhouse? Yeah. Well, we're going in two weeks to see uh, me and my family to see uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. The The game is frightening. Yeah, my kids used to play it, and they used to scare the shit out of them. If you got nothing else to add, let's get to the to the trailer. What do you say? Let's do it. I'd like to report a crime that hasn't happened yet. Have you seen the movie Back to the Future? Basically, I'm living that movie right now, which is how I know there's going to be a murder tonight. <laughs> Hate time travel movies. They never make any sense. Happy Halloween. How about we all stay in and hand out Halloween candy? No, Mom. You know how hard this time of year is for us. Your friends were murdered 35 years ago. It's not 1987 anymore. Stay safe, honey. I love you. Year is it? 1987. Oh my god. I know. The 80s are almost over and I haven't even tried Coke yet. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god. Mom. Fuck off and die. Jesus, mom. Masita. Ay. Ay, ay, ay. Mamacita. Time for my birthday, bitch. <laughs> this is a creepy ass cabin in the middle of fucking no. What's the big deal? There is a murderer on the loose, and you drove us into the woods. <gasps> oh my god! What? I forgot to bring vodka. You have seven and a half hours until you're stuck here forever. <laughs> I need to stop all this horror before it happens. Did the machines kill us all? No. They more just rip apart the fabric of our society via dance videos on TikTok. They use dance against us? Water's warm. Just so you know, I don't do blowjobs. You pee out of that thing. Just think, maybe if she did do blowjobs, she'd still be alive. Yeah, let's not make that the lesson. 80s weed sucks. This is just dirt. Look at all these twigs. Yeah, I could give you a gummy this big that has 100 times more weed than this. That is the trailer for 2023's Totally Killer. Totally. Directed by Nanachka Khan. Nice. With writing credits from David Maltan, Sasha Pro Raver, Jen D'Angelo, David, uh, David Maltan again for story, and Sasha Pro Raver for story as well. Jesus Christ. The cast. This is a huge cast. It's a pretty good cast, I say. Starring Kareen Shipka, Olivia Holt, Charlie Galepsky, La Hotchkin Maru. Troy Leahy and Johnson, Lena Libido, Kelly Moana, and uh, another uh, Stephanie Chin Salvo. There's there is a huge cast on here. I want to highlight Randall Park. Okay, Which, Ra- who was that? He was the sheriff when they go back in time. He was in a bunch of Marvel movies as a side character. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's been in a whole bunch of stuff as as just like a side character. There was a lot. He's of actually pe- really funny. Yeah, there is a lot of people in this. I'm like. He looks familiar. I just don't know what from. Right? Right. They got a lot of people have that face, but yeah, Randall Park. 
He's, right. he's, he's pretty funny. Shout out Randall Park. So we start off on Halloween night, 2023. I'm not used to saying that for our, our episodes. So this movie takes place in the future. In the future? Yeah, because it's 2023 now. Oh, it's not true. Halloween yet. No, that's a good so, point. So we're in the future. And then, Whoa. So then we go back to the future? Nice. In 2023 with an opening monologue. And the guy says, do you want to hear a story? I have to warn you, it's a disturbing one, and it took place right here in this peaceful, idyllic town of Vernon, 35 years ago. Three girls were found brutally murdered. On October 27th, 1987, Tiffany Clark was found brutally butchered in her family garage, stabbed 16 times on her sweet 16th birthday. At a cabin in the woods, 16-year-old Marissa Song was killed two days later, also stabbed 16 times. And two days after that, Bob, on Halloween night, 16-year-old Heather Hernandez was stabbed 16 times. Ouch. In the parking lot of Billy's Boardwalk. The murderer vanished, and according to witnesses, the Sweet 16 killer wore all black and a mask which has become infamous in Vernon, where every Halloween, people still dress up as a murderer. Yes, it looks like Max Hedford. Yes. You ever see that video? What? The Max Headroom video. I've seen Max Headroom videos. I don't know which one you're referencing. Well, back in the 80s, only in the localized in the Chicago area, somebody broke into the actual airtime. They were showing Monday Night Football. Someone used a radio transmitter to break into the air and showed a picture of him as Max Headroom saying nonsensical crap at the TV. I have and seen then, that. Yeah, you seen it. With, I have seen and that. then he bends over and someone's smacking him with a riding crop with his bare ass. Jesus, I did not see that. You did not see that part? People, go look that up on YouTube. It's hilarious, and they never solved how that happened. That's interesting. Huh. Every time I see Max Hume Room, I just think of someone breaking into the air on Monday Night Football. Imagine that happening now. And it only happened in that area because it wasn't strong enough to reach the nation. So just this one localized area saw some guy with his bare ass getting hit with a riding crop. The fucking 80s. Dressed up like Max Headroom. To quote uh, Jamie... The fucking 80s. So that ends as a group of people dressed like the murderer, also known as Max Headroom, walk up to an older gentleman who's doing a live podcast murder tour. Podcasts are so fucking lame. This guy sucks. This guy's lame as hell. So we're going to walk around and I'm just going to play my podcast on the speaker as we walk around. You're bad. You're bad at your job. You suck. Uh, So this would be Chris Dubasage. And he points out that... to. To his left is Tiffany Clark's old house, the Sweet 16 Killer's first victim. It has since been turned into a Zada burger. Is that a real place? No, it's not, but it's kind of funny that... Because I feel like I've heard that before. I don't think it's a real place. I could look it up look while it we're up. doing this, but it's really funny how how that kind of works, how a very important spot is now like a, uh, is now a burger place. Yeah. We're uh, up there in Boston where one of the guys... Uh, Authored Common Sense, Thomas Paine, is now a Starbucks. Jeez, God damn it. Fucking Starbucks. Uh, as, as an employee comes out and offers the group samples and says that she thinks three isn't really a serial killer. Gotta knock off a few more to get that title. She thinks it should be more like six people. Chris says, let's give it up to Angie who thinks more people should be killed. Well, you gotta have your standards. Uh, do you, anything on Zataburger? It, there is no such thing as Zataburger. There is Whataburger, 
That's what I'm thinking of. I have had Whataburger going through Georgia. It's not bad. Yeah? Yeah. All right. We cut to Jamie, our lead, as she is getting ready for a concert. As her mom walks in and tells her that her music is too loud. Bitch, if it's too loud, you're too old. (laughs) Why did she have to listen to someone she knows? She says that Eddie Royal was such a douche back in high school. Jamie says, well, he's cool now, and he owns a clean water charity. Yeah, what a douche. Her mom can't, can't be a douche if you're doing charity work, right? I mean, you can. Her mom points out that he's giving the middle finger. She says, yeah, to single-use plastic, am I right? Mom then tells her to stop borrowing her crap and leaving it on the floor. This is vintage, as she picks up an 80s-as-fuck leather jacket with fringe. Oh, yeah. 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 Jamie's like, I was about to just put it on, as she grabs it and goes to leave. It's not cool to put a jacket on the floor like that, though. No, don't be a fucking slob. Come on. Pick up your shit. If, if you can't have trouble, just put your coat hanger on the back of your door. Put those racks. Hang it over your chair. Throw it on the bed. That's my favorite, hanging it over a chair. It looks classy, too, if you do that. Right? We're a classy establishment here. Yes. Her mom asks her where she's going. She says, Amelia got them tickets to the Killer Instinct concert. Then her dad points out that the, the weatherman on TV, Norm Dubassage, is covering the hurricane, and he doesn't even have his hood up. This guy's baller. Oh, is he like that guy who always goes down in the, uh, I, can't, I can't remember his name, but every time there's a hurricane, he just shows up in Florida. It's like, I'm going to st- stand out here in the hurricane, let it blow me around. I'm going to waste deep in water. Remember, uh, was it Hurricane Sandy? When that female reporter was reporting and she was reporting standing, in a, she was reporting in the boat. Was it the one of the yes. boat? Yes. The guys and are, walked through. Oh, just walking through. <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. Uh, so he's got his hood up. I think he might get a second Pulitzer Prize for this. He says, "No, no, you're a loser. No, you're well, a weather, shit. No, you're a weatherman. We hate you. I reckon get your ass kicked for saying something like that." <laughs> Her dad then gets up, and he's wearing an airbrush shirt with pecs and abs on it. Jamie's like, what are you wearing? What? I'm Zac Efron. He says that back in the day, he used to be Jack, too. That shirt's almost as bad as the tuxedo shirt. Yes, I agree. Jamie asks her mom why she's not in costume. Her mom says that she is. She's dressed like Molly Ringwald from The Breakfast Club. Ugh. Hey, easy. I had a huge crush on Molly Oh, no, not Molly Ringwald, The the Breakfast Club. You like that movie? I hate that movie. You hate that movie? I hate that. I think that movie, so many people have poured their identity into that movie, like, oh, I identify, I'm like, no, I don't see it. Sorry. I don't think that movie is good as everyone thinks it is. It's just not for you. No. And I've seen it several times. Why? If you you hate it, why have you seen it several times? Because it's one of those where you like self-analyze. Like everyone loves this movie. Is there something wrong with me? And no matter how, it's like The Godfather. It insists upon itself. Every time I see The Breakfast Club, (laughs) I'm like, this is not a good movie. I just don't like it. I don't love the movie. I don't hate it either. I mean, I'm not going to give it a three point five. But I'm definitely not giving it a 10. I mean, I don't think it's that good of a movie. And everyone really makes it sound like it's the magnum opus. I mean, no one listened to the the, the, the bonus show I did with my girls. I gave that quote-unquote movie a 1. Wow. It's garbage. I don't even have that on my list because that's like a side episode. That's No, that's fine. It was just something for you know to involve my kids. That's all. You're going to have them do more? They said they would. 
Nice. Yeah. So I don't know. coming up soon on Patreon, Jay does we'll movies see. with his kids. I mean, they were nervous. I, I wish they would have talked more. I was, you know, trying to carry it, but I understand that. It's the first I'll come. Time. I'll come next time. Be like, don't be nervous. <clears throat> have a good time. I mean, Shay's done. Here, uh, have a beer. Me and yeah. <laughs> Not to Shay, of course. No, me and Shay. She's done commercials for the for the wrestling show before. Uh, some funny ones too. We did like a Halloween one, like anchor ads. Remember? Those? Yes. All right, back to the show. Her mom tries to convince her not to go out. Especially, what's up? Yeah, don't go out because my friends were murdered. That's right. Especially now that she's 16. Jamie says, what, I can't go to a concert because your friends got murdered 35 years ago? Get over it. Yeah, seriously. Dumbass. Bitch. Pam says that she would never talk to her mom like that. Jamie's like, you don't even speak to grandma at all. So, Jamie says that it's not 1987 anymore. You can track her phone or call her. She's been in self-defense classes since she was seven. She also has pepper spray and a rape alarm. And a protective crystal that she got from a psychic. This has nothing to do with me. And she says that she just wishes she would get over it. Pam says, fine. But your dad's driving you there and waiting for you and driving you back. Mom hides a text on her phone from the dad as Jamie leaves Stay safe, honey. I love you. Ugh! Whatever! Oh God! Ugh! Idiot! Alright, so Dad slash Blake drives Jamie to her friend Amelia's house as Jamie gets out to go get her. When she stops and looks at her phone, her dad says, uh, I thought you were going to get Amelia. She said that. I just texted her. Why don't you just knock? Jamie says, no, Dad. That's so rude. Yeah, nobody knocks anymore. What a fucking society we live in now. Yeah, we gotta text each other. I hate it. I don't like it. It's too, like, non-personal. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I like my ring doorbell, though. Those can be handy. They, can, give, they can be really handy. You can have some fun with those, too. I like to scare my wife when she's mm-hmm. shopping. I'll be like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> my uh, my ring that goes over my driveway, you can uh, make it so it says a noise like, you are currently being recorded. I, I, did I know. That. I my... Did- Neighbor down the street has that. It's fucking stupid. I did it to scare my wife because she was out there and next to go, Hi, you're currently being recording. I just saw her jump. Like she didn't see that one coming. So Amelia's mom comes out and Blake says hi and asks her if she's up to anything fun tonight. She says, Nope, just going to work. It's weird that the manufacturing industry doesn't celebrate Halloween. Just simple yes or no answer. Yeah, that that was an unnecessary comment. Gotta be a bitch. What are you manufacturing anyway in this little town? Does it look like a coal town like in uh, My Bloody Valentine? I love that movie. That was fun. What are you manufacturing? By the way, you're By the way, you're acting, it's probably maxi pads because you need one. Right? Oh, yeah, the bitch. Oh, yeah. Okay, good to see you, says Blake, as we cut to a point of view of someone watching them. Back at Jamie's place, her mom is handing out candy to some trick-or-treaters. As she comes down, she looks down in the bowl, and all the Smarties are left over. No one likes the Smarties. Duh. No good. I snorted uh, Smarties once. Really? Yeah, I smashed them up. Oh, that sounds like it burns. It did. I don't recommend it. Do you know Smarties were originally invented to be antacids? Really? Yeah. Keep biting my lip. Huh. I also snorted Fun Dip. Keep biting your lip. You should you go get a big thing of chaw and stick some chaw on your lip while you're doing it. I was quite the dumbass when I was a kid. Stupid. That's so funny. 
Then there's a knock at the door, and it's someone wearing the Max Headroom murder mask. Hey, 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 how you doing? Trick, 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 trick or treat, trick or treat. She answers and makes small talk, but he just stands there. Pam's like, this shit isn't funny, as he brandishes a knife and tries to advance on her. Pam's able to push him back and lock the door. She then sets the alarm, alerting the police as the killer gets in and attacks her. But she's ready and blocks his attack, and Judo flips his ass on his back and says that she's been worried about being murdered since she was 16. As she gets a gun from a hidden compartment and a shelf and fires, but the killer pushes her, her hand to the side and slams her head on the table. Yeah, that looked like it hurt. She fights back, but the Max Hedrum killer slams her through another table and goes to stab her, but she blocks it, hits him in the face, grabs a thing of mace that was taped under the couch and sprays Max Hedrum in the eyes. She was ready for this. Oh yeah, this this was uh this kind of reminded me of the Halloween movie. Yeah, uh, Halloween uh, the the 2018. 2018, yes. where there was just crap all over the house. And every room has a like a door. She pushes the button when it's clear, and it's a it's a cage. It's a gate. That movie's fucking. That was really a good, good movie. Halloween. That was good. The other two were okay. I never saw Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills is cool. Halloween do I, do ends. I need to see? No, I saw Halloween Kills. I didn't see Halloween Ends. Halloween Kills is the one that has Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, it had the mob in it. I saw that. Yeah. Do I need to see Halloween Ends? I would watch it for context. Yeah. Okay. I you can borrow it. I have it if you want. It's on Peacock. Yeah, it's on. It's on the cock. It's I on can the watch. Cock. I can watch the cock. Or I have it on Blu-ray. You can watch that in bonus shit. So she makes it to the kitchen and grabs a knife and says that the cops will be here any second. Max backs off and leaves out the front door. Pam's like, what? Okay. As the camera moves from behind her to in front of her, as the killer comes busting through the back door, which she is standing in front of. Oh, yeah. As Max slams her down, but Pam reverses it, stabs him with a kitchen knife, and goes to crawl away. But Max Hedrum gets up and stabs her calf, and then... Over and over and over as the police sirens blare in the background. Two trick-or-treaters walk in and see Pam's bloody body as they go screaming out the front door. Yeah, how do you just walk into somebody's house? The door is open. Yeah, yeah, door is open. You still just walk into people's houses. You don't. This is Scooby-Doo, guys. You're a dumbass for doing that. As the camera pans back to a wide shot of the front of the house, much like in the original Halloween... As the title card flashes up on the screen, totally killer. Kick-ass open. Uh, Now the podcaster from earlier is out front reporting on his podcast, What Has Happened? You're a terrible podcaster. I hate this guy. Cut to the next day at school as we have Principal Summers, Sheriff Carolyn, and Coach Randy Randy. Finkel as the principal says that Coach Finkel is going to... Talk us through some self-defense moves, being that the Sweet 16 killer is back. All right, so this is his great advice. You ready for this? This fucking idiot. Coach says, quote, Yeah, so uh, hmm. the first thing you want to do if you see the killer is run. Remember, avoid the knife. Keep your life. Go devils! I agree with the last part. Go devils. Right? Hail Satan! <laughs> yeah, you know, me and Bob, we worship Satan, by the way. Yes, NJ Satan. NJ Satan, that play in Newark. <laughs> Next, speaking of which, is there any score yet? Uh, He's going to check. Jamie gets confronted by the principal. 
Zero, zero. I think the devils have a power play. Oh, sweet. And the sheriff, as the principal, keeps referring to Jamie's mom as she was a great person. She had it going on. Yeah. Jamie's mom definitely had it going on. She was... Jamie says, can you stop saying was? Then the sheriff has some questions as he asks Jamie if she knows where her dad was when her mom got murdered. Jamie's like, my dad didn't kill my mom. Sheriff asks her what she knows about her mom's relationship with Chris Dubasage, the podcaster. Jamie's like, there isn't one. The sheriff says, well, there are a lot of texts between them. How do you explain that? Jamie comes back with, you've always hated my dad. But maybe it's time to let go of whatever old high school bullshit you've been hanging on to and do what your broke-ass rent-a-cop dad failed to do 35 years ago and catch the fucking killer. Burn. Nice. I love this chick. Jamie then goes to the old fairground uh, boardwalk. It's Billy's boardwalk. Where the school science fair is being held. Where Amelia is working on a photo booth and trying to turn it into a time machine. Jamie asks why she hasn't told anyone that she's working on building an actual time machine. Amelia says that she wants to build one that works. If you tell people, then you're just another lunatic trying to build a time machine. She's not wrong. No, she's not wrong. Jamie says, are you going to let... Are you going to at least let people know that you're using your mom's research? Amelia says her mom just gave up and she thinks that she was close. Amelia says that there is something wrong with the, with the Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi, Jamie says. Amelia says, well, that's how this runs. Like on your phone's GPS. Without the chrono locator, can't make sure you come back to the same place. Jamie then sees that the dash is set for October 7th, 1987. Would have been cool if it was set to the Back to the Future time. Yes. That's what, if I was making this movie, that's what I would have done. I would have used the same date as Back to the Future. And she asks why. Mimi says, well, that's when the first murder took place. She thought if they could stop the Sweet 16 killer from killing in the first place, her mom would still be alive. That's kind of sweet. Nice. Cut to Jamie in her room listening to the Sweet 16 killer podcast as her dad comes in to check on her. Jamie asks him if Chris Dubasage and her mom were friends. Her dad says no. And back in high school, he had a crush on her mom. Jamie asks why they were texting then. Dad says that she wanted to help him find the killer. So that checks out. He was the only one still investigating when the police gave up. Dad tells Jamie that they all knew each other, but he and her mom didn't get together until they got back from college. They wouldn't have worked if they got together in high school. Too hot, too horny. Whoa. Dad then talks about how they found out they were pregnant with her. He says they went to the quantum drop ride and they were both throwing up so much and her mom kept throwing up. So she took a test and that was it. Jesus. We got you. Jesus Christ. That ride looks like it's designed to cause abortions. You right? survived that? Yeah, Your baby survived that? That's a tough kid. Now do me a favor and stop listening to Chris Dubasage. Because he's a douche-assage. Douche-assage, right? <laughs> Timing's everything. Cut to Jamie at a diner as she meets with Chris Dubashaz. She asks him if he and her mom were having an affair. He says that they were just friends and she just wanted to help find the killer. Confirming what her dad told her. Jamie asks why she would keep that a secret. Doobie says that her dad isn't the biggest fan. Jamie says that her dad thinks Chris's dad is going to win another Pulitzer. Chris says that his podcast has won five Posse Awards. I want to win a Posse Awards. Right? She says, that's not the same thing. It's not. 
Kristen asks her if her mom told her about the note she got. She says no. Then Jamie says that her mom found it shoved in her locker. Jamie opens it and says, you're next someday. I would have handed that to the police. Yeah. Why did he not? So she gets up and she she leaves. She's at the boardwalk now. Touch my beaver. Touch my beaver. Girls don't have beavers anymore. They shave them off. No more beavers. No more beavers. The dam has broken. <laughs> now Be- she's what? Beavers like wood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> now she's walking through the boardwalk at night, and she gets her mace ready as she thinks she hears someone following her. She then gets startled by a prop and sprays it with mace. Then gets startled by Amelia, who says, Did you just pepper spray the witch? Yeah, I kind of did. Yeah, it was scary. <laughs> Big whoop. Want to fight about it? Then from out of nowhere, the sweet 16 killer comes out and attacks Jamie, but she runs off. Oh, God. Out of nowhere. From out of nowhere. She hides in the photo booth time machine as she accidentally turns it on. Then Max attacks her and stabs the console with his knife, causing it to send Jamie back in time in Who sings this song? I don't know. This was used on a commercial when I was a kid. I'm sure it was used in a lot of stuff. You got it. Baby, you got it. Alright, so Jamie comes out of the booth unharmed and back at the boardwalk in its prime as everyone is there playing the games. The colors are popping, and the fashion is fantastic. This place seems kind of lame, though. Seems like a terrible boardwalk. I mean, maybe for the town, it's it's, if it's, it's all the, cool. You if know, it's all that's, the town has, yeah. Yeah. So Jamie puts up an out-of-order sign on the photo booth as a couple approach. The guy's wearing an FBI shirt, which stands for a federal <laughs> booby inspector. I was going to say female body inspector. Yeah, there's many different variations of it. She says that his shirt is problematic. The guy's date says that she likes his shirt as they walk off. Then from the photo booth comes a photo of Jamie and the killer as he plunges the knife into the dash. Thanks, by the way. That saved her life. Jamie then walks past a working Billy the Beaver. Billy the Beaver says, have fun! (laughs) Yes, a a working beaver. They're called hookers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're prostitutes now. Um, they're Classy. whores. Classy. No, whores do it for free. Okay. So, pieces of shit? <laughs> Man receptacle. And she bumps into an 80s mom dressed in a tracksuit with two kids smoking a cigarette. As Jamie asks her what year it is, the lady says 1987. 1987? I know, right? The 80s are almost over and I haven't even tried Coke yet. Oh, so disappointing. Just go get some. Yeah. It was everywhere. As the camera pans away and we see that she has a couple of kids with her, Jamie looks at her like, what the fuck? But the mom's like, oh, they don't know. It's cool. It's the 80s. Nobody yeah, cares. Nobody fucking cares about kids. <laughs> Jamie asks if she knows Pam Miller. The lady says no, and Jamie says that she goes to high school. The lady says that she doesn't know, and that's where you need to be, and offers her a ride. 
Jimmy says, no, I can't get in a car with you. You're a stranger. Stranger danger? You could be a serial killer. The lady says, would a serial killer wear Gloria Vanderbilt? I don't think so. So the car pulls up in front of the school as Jamie gets out and heads inside. The car pulls off as we see the kids are in the back seat in a plume of smoke. All the windows are up and she's hotboxing the car with her fucking cigarettes. Jesus. Oh, God. God. Before, before we realize how bad cigarettes were for you. Oh, they're, they're smoking in hospitals. You know, That's my favorite scene in Jaws. They're in, the, yes. they're in the hospital, and there's the mayor smoking in the hospital, right at the front desk. And Brody's, that's when he's pissed. He's like, you're going to cancel the fuck. You're going to close the fucking beaches or else. You're going to sign this form. We're going to hire him. Quick He's going to catch the quill shark. Quill the shark. Ah. God damn it. Take another puff. Give me a drag. Puff, puff, pass. Damn it. Damn it. She goes into the main office of the school and gives the secretary a fake name. Jamie LaFleur. Daughter, <laughs> Jamie LaFleur. Daughter of Guy LaFleur. Famous uh, hockey player. And friend of Matt LaFleur, who's in dodgeball. Who smoked between periods. And on the bench sometimes. Secretary takes that as fact. She asks, what grade are you? She's in, Jamie says, 11th. And she gives her a schedule. No papers, no ID, nothing. Jamie takes her schedule and sees that she has gym and tries to get it switched. But they don't do that in the 80s. So off the gym, girl. No, you go to gym and you like it. Uh Uh-huh. So Jamie walks into the gym in the classic 80s short, hip-hugging shorts with the pinstriping along the outside. I rock those a lot. Boy, were they short. Yes, with high uh, um, crew socks. The white ones with the different color stripes on the top. She looks down at it and says, How is this school issued? We look like we work at Hooters. So in walk three girls that get murdered, the ones that get murdered, as their murder photos pop up for each one. Then Zane, the gym teacher, tells Jamie to line up as they are about to play dodgeball. That's your typical 80s lesbo gym teacher? Zane? Yeah. Mm. I I definitely had one, for sure. Good for you, you know. Yeah, because no guy was dipping his uh, fishing rod into that uh, beaver lake. Definitely would get bit off. Did you play dodgeball as a kid? Yes. And we we played dodgeball when I was in high school, and not too long after that, they they yep. got rid it was of fun. It. Yeah. But we called it bombardment. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. No, it was dodgeball for us. If it you was ca- dodgeball. If you caught the ball, you're out. You caught the ball, you're out. Or if you got whipped in the face, you know. You got whipped in the face. You got out. You move on with your day. Don't be a pussy. Don't be a bitch. The game slaughter starts as girls start getting belted in the face with rubber balls. Jamie just keeps saying, what the fuck? What is happening? Over and over. One girl gets hit in the face as spit goes flying everywhere. She likes balls to the face. Yeah, oh yeah. That's called haybag and rom prom. She's like, how is this even legal? Then her mom comes into, into play and hits her own daughter in the face, busting up Jamie's nose. Then the game is over and Jamie holds a bloody tissue to her nose. As the gym teacher says, next time try to catch the ball, okay? Then I don't have to touch your gross little kid blood. It's disgusting. She then congratulates the winners and shames the losers. Yeah, those exist back then. Jamie then goes up to try to talk to Pam and introduces herself to Pam and extends her hand. Pam says she's not going to shake her hand because she's not 45 and a man. Whoa. The one girl starts talking about the party, the one she gets murdered at, as Jamie suggests that they cancel the party because where she's from, they're considered lame. To which Pam says, 
Why don't you fuck off and die? Jamie says, Jesus, Ma, Mom, Mamacita. Ay, 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 Mamacita. Oh, hapless Espanol, says Pam. Está bien vete a la mierda, ya muere. Three years of Spanish, bitch. I know I butchered that. Cut to a couple cops outside as Jamie goes up to them and says that she wants to report a crime that hasn't happened yet. She asks them if they've seen Back to the Future. They say no, but they heard it's, it's good. It's great, she says, and that she's kind of living that right now, which is how she knows there's going to be a murder tonight at a party, and there's even going to be some underage drinking going on as well. They're not buying it, and as it turns out, this sheriff is the father of the sheriff back in 23. Sheriff tells her to get back to school before he arrests her for truancy. She leaves, and the one cop, uh, Brody, says that he does really want to see that movie, though. Sheriff says that he, he doesn't because time travel movies never make sense. Jamie goes back to the school secretary and says that she needs to know what class Lauren Creston is in. I know that's private information, but it's an emergency. I have her EpiPen. The secretary tells what room with no problem at all. Jamie's like, oh my god. Flying on a plane right now must be insane. Jamie then goes to said classroom and asks Lauren to come out to the hall so she can talk to her. She does, and Jamie tries to explain to her what has happened. Oh, this is her, her best friend, Amelia's mom. Yes, the one that was working at your factory job. That's right. Jamie tells her everything, and when she's done, Lauren says that nobody knows about her notebook. That's right, because I'm from the future. She then pulls out her phone to show Lauren to prove it. She's like, is this the time machine? No, that's my phone. Do you want to see the time machine? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I want to see the time yes. machine. So off uh, Jamie and Lauren go to see the time machine, and they're walking. As they're walking, Lauren asks if the killer's targeting the Mollies. Why wait 35 years to kill your mom? Jamie asks, who are the Mollies? Oh, Tiffany, Marissa, Heather, and Pam. They all call themselves that after Molly Ringwald. She says that they're obsessed with her. They even dress like her. As they're walking, one of the Boardwalk employees looks at them very menacingly. Ooh. And he says, It's got a death curse. But he doesn't say that. Shut up, so. Ralph. Oh, I've been watching the sequels. Every once in a while, I get the, the urge. I've been doing it at the gym, too. I've been watching, downloading episodes and watching. In the, in the second movie, he says, You're all doomed. Doomed. All doomed. You should get that for the soundboard. I will. That's pretty classic. And Ralph gets fucking killed in that one. Good. He, he should have died in the first one. Yeah. He stood in that closet for how long? The pantry? Jesus. He came home. Ralph, where were you been? <coughs> I was out scaring children again. Told them it's got a death curse. Ralph, go home and just stay home, dude. So they get to the time machine and Jamie tells Lauren... That when the killer stabbed the knife into the panel, that's when it started working. Lauren's like, it must have needed an extra medical conductor. Jargon, Duh. jargon, jargon, jargon. Jamie goes into Lauren's bag and pulls out a nail gun that looks like an actual gun. I've never seen a nail gun that looks like that before. I thought it was a caulk gun for a second. I just, it looked like a, like a water gun, like an actual gun. I was like, what is this? As Lauren tells her to watch where she's pointing that thing. Just shoot your eye out, kid. I just learned that... Melinda Dillon died, and she died last winter. But I learned, I was listening to Chicklets, and they referenced it. I was like, what? I didn't know that. It was sad. That is sad. She can't save her future daughter's time machine if she's killed by clumsiness. Jimmy points out that she's taking this very well, by the way. Lauren has a great response. She says, that you don't 
start trying to invent time travel without considering the possibility that people from the future will need your help. That's a very good point. Jamie then asks if she does succeed, will this screw up the future? Lauren says that she's not sure, but to imagine time is like a river. You got out of the river, you ran upstream, and then jumped back in. Now everything keeps flowing, so whatever changes you make, they'll trickle downstream. That's probably one of the best explanations to fucking up time travel that I've heard. It's pretty cool. That is pretty good. Billy the Beaver says, have fun! (laughs) Back in 23 outside... Uh, the rundown version of the boardwalk, Blake is asking the sheriff if they found Jamie yet. She says not yet. Then Blake gives Chris Dubasage some shit as Amelia comes up and tells him that she knows where Jamie is. She went back in time in her time machine that she made for the science fair. She's in 1987. Blake looks at her like she's crazy as does the sheriff as Blake runs off to talk to the sheriff. Dubasage says that he has some follow-up questions as we cut back to 1987 where Jamie and Lauren are at the party to try to stop the murder. At first, Lauren doesn't want to go in, but Jamie says that she's not going in alone with a murderer in the house. By the way, Jamie has borrowed some of Lauren's clothes so she doesn't stand out. They head off to go to the party. At the front door, team principal Summers tries to go in, but Randy Finkel doesn't let him in. Calls him a nerd and puts him in a headlock. Jamie and Lauren come over to help out, but Randy doesn't let them in and tells them to go play Dungeons and Dragons over there. They go around back to try to get in as Doug fails to climb over the back fence, so he gives Jamie a boost instead. Doug says that he'll go uh, wait around front so they can let him in. They get in the backyard as they see this really in-shaped guy get out of the pool. Turns out to be Jamie's dad, but she's like, whoa, who is that? I guess the muscle shirt was right. He wasn't lying. He's jacked. She goes, oh my god, that's my dad. Lauren says, Blake is your dad and Pam is your mom? She then turns around and Blake is making out with Tiffany. Then Jamie goes up to the Mollies, who are all dressed like different versions of Molly Ringwald. Drinking some bottles and James, wine coolers. Jamie says, "Uh, you know what would make this party cooler? The police. Pam says, yeah. Then they can play, don't stand so close to me. And shoes Jamie off. Jamie points out that the mean girl shit is getting old and women should be lifting each other up. Pam responds, why don't you lift these up, her middle fingers, and you get bent. Nice. Then young Dubassage takes their picture as Blake gets pissed and says, no, no pictures, douche massage. Take another one and I'll break your camera. Oof. They then call Randy over as he picks up Jamie and tosses Randy. her out of the front door and says this. Is that like a real person? Yes. That was a pretty good burp that there, bud. That was great. It's like, uh, like the elf burp. Did you hear that? Yeah. Jamie gets back up, dusts herself off, and goes back up to the front door. But teen Kara Lim is there, tries to stop her, but Jamie says to her that she's going to become a miserable person, never knowing true happiness, and rocking an unflattering haircut that makes her head look like a ping pong ball. Doug says that was oddly specific. As Jimmy makes her way into the house. So inside, Tiffany and Blake break up because someone told him that she made out with Eddie Royal. Jimmy's like, you made out with Eddie Royal? From Killer Instinct? She goes, wait, he's a musician? Hmm. Tiffany goes off to find Eddie. Oh yeah, well now he's a musician and he's interesting. Now she's interested. 
Jamie then goes up to the, to the Mollies and tells them that they have to stay by Tiffany's side all night. They try to get Randy to take out Jamie again, only this time Jamie grabs his arm and makes him kiss the counter. Pam asks her how she did that. She says that her mom taught her self-defense. She goes off to find Tiffany, who was upstairs in the parents' room, making out with Eddie Royal, on a waterbed. Remember those stupid things? Waterbeds were dumb. And then you, and if you had a waterbed, you had to put chemicals inside it so the water wouldn't get nasty. Really? Yeah, there's like a special chemical you put inside, almost like a like chlorine, like a chlorine, but not as toxic. As yeah, it, and they, it, and they lasted a long time. They yeah. sold waterbeds all the way through the '90s. Yeah, that's true. She says that she has to pee. Too many BJ's. And he says that hopefully there's room for one more. She goes, ew, I don't do blowjobs. You pee out of that thing. She goes off to pee and Eddie decides to bail. No BJ? What's the point? He leaves. Jamie then goes to the garage looking for Tiff because that's where she's supposed to get murdered. She gets there and there are two different teens hooking up. Not Tiffany. Jamie says that Tiffany's supposed to be in here. What's going on? The guy says, is there a schedule? Jamie says, yeah, and she changed it. Fuck, I fucked it up. Back in the parents' room, Eddie, Eddie's gone, but Tiff thinks he's in the closet because she hears a noise in there. She tells him to come out, and when he does, it's the Max Hedrum killer. He's waiting for Gonna kill you now. Kill. Tiffany isn't down with this weird shit and goes to leave, but Max Hedrum gets in front of her, pulls her hair back, and plunges the knife into her fucking stomach. Ooh. She screams, but the camera pans back, revealing a sign on the door that says, Keep out of this room. It's off limits. Lady yeah, literally. Yes. Very much in red. And dead. On the bed. Covered in red. Ooh. From head to bed. Okay. Because <laughs> she wouldn't give head. That's right. Too many BJs. Back in the room, Max is stabbing the shit out of her on the waterbed. Also stabbing the waterbed as blood goes splattering all over her pictures of herself on the wall. Jamie kicks in the door, but the killer escapes. Pam comes in with her BJ, Barnes yes. and James, and just screams when she sees her friend dead on the bed. Cops show up, and they quickly let Randy and Blake go and walk up to Jamie, who says that she told them this was going to happen. You could have stopped this. They start to question her, but Pam speaks up and says that it's true. She was trying to protect Tiffany. Sheriff says that this is an active crime scene. Nobody leave. Just then, everybody leaves. Yeah, they all just went, yeah, we ain't staying, uh, dude. No. Who no. are you? We're out of here. Jamie and Lauren walk Pam home and tell her that Jamie is psychic. And with her help, maybe she can stop the other murders. They're saying she's psychic. So the, the, not to tell her, oh, yeah, she's from the future because no one's going to buy that. They'll buy psychic, but not time travel. Pam says they're gonna be, there's going to be more. Jamie tells her that all the Mollies are going to die, and she is too. Jamie then pulls out the crystal from her jacket, the one her mom gave her, and says, see, this is my psychic crystal. It does psychic stuff. Pam takes it and says, eh, seems legit. Gives it back. Pam asks how far in the future she can see. Until mm, the year 2023. That's when it stops. Damn. Pretty psychic there. Now they're at Pam's and they're watching a sci-fi movie where a robot is gunning down some businessman in a suit. As she asks Jamie if the robots 
kill them all. Do the machines kill us all? Um, no. No, the machines don't kill us all. They more just rip apart the fabric of our society via dance videos on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah! Preach, girl. Preach. Jamie does her best impression of Sean Spencer as she tells Pam that she's seeing the next victim is going to be Marissa in a cabin in the woods. Do you guys know who Sean Spencer is? Yes, that was a great movie. A television show. Psych. Uh, Jamie asks if there's anyone who would want to hurt them, being that they're all a bunch of cunty assholes. At first, Pam says no, and then goes on with quite a list. Then Pam's mom comes down to see if they want anything, and Pam rips into her like a piece of shit. Her mom's just being sweet, and she didn't deserve what Pam just did. Yeah, for real. Jamie says, no wonder Grandma never comes over. Jamie says that she shouldn't talk to, like that to her mom, because you never know when... Pam says, wait, what? You have a great relationship with your mom? Do you? With your mother? Well, not really. After you yelled at her with the damn jacket. No. Jamie Jamie says no. But I wish I did. And I wish I told her that I loved her more. I just didn't understand what she... Pam interrupts and says that she's saying this as a friend. Nobody wants to hear you talk about your mom. Yeah, so shut up. Nobody cares. Lauren then asks about Randy as a suspect, but Pam says, nah, maybe she should date him just in case he is the killer so he doesn't kill her. Good strategy. Jamie says that she's not supposed to be with Randy. Pam asks, who she's supposed to be with then? She says, Blake. She blurts it out, what a dummy. This gets Pam really excited, but she tells her that they can't get together until after college. Back in 23, Amelia is working on a new time machine in an 80s sit-in-style arcade game when Dubasage comes over and says to Amelia that he knows everything about these murders. I love those style of arcade games. Yeah. They, they have them now. There's some of them yeah, are really there's some fun. Of, there's some of Jenks. I like the old pole position one. That, that was my favorite. As a kid, that was my favorite. You know which ones were really fun? They had them when I was a kid. We sat on the motorcycle and it moved. Yeah, I did those. With, with the freaking... Uh, Sega did a lot of those. Yeah. Yep. Good times. A couple of days ago, I said Tiffany was murdered in her garage, but she wasn't. She was killed on her parents' waterbed. That's a basic detail. How could I forget that? Amelia says that's probably the Mandela effect. Yeah. Amelia zooms in on the pic of Tiff on the bed, and there's a note that says, Stab the machine. Signed, J. Dubasage says that the cops thought that, that they were lyrics from a heavy metal song. Satanic panic Yes, everything was fucking heavy metal And Satan shit back then Yeah, well looked at Stranger Things What they did with the uh, Dungeons and Dragons They made such a big deal about Dungeons and Dragons And the Strangers uh, thing television show Yeah, that's a good show Satanic panic, it was real It was Especially when you had what, that that killer up in New York Son of Sam Uh, Yeah, yep Son of Sam killer Said a demonic dog Yeah, he spoke to a dog David Berkowitz? I spoke to a, I spoke to a pastrami sandwich and it told me to eat yeah. it. Yes, he did. That's what led them to investigate Eddie Royal. Amelia says, Eddie Royal? Like the lead singer of Waterbed Away? Huh? It was Killer Instinct. It now, was Killer Instinct. <laughs> now it's Waterbed Not Away. Not the Videla effect. That is a fucking stupid name. This is the butterfly effect. Yeah. These are the ripples that are going down the river. Going down the stream. A Waterbed Away. That's a 
you're right. That's a terrible Stupid. name. Amelia asks for more picks, and they see Jamie in one of them from the party. Amelia freaks out. Amelia then deduces that Jamie was telling her that the killer's knife, when it was stabbed into the machine, meant that the machine needs another metal conductor. Back in 1987, Jamie sees Pam and Blake in the, in the hallway together, and she asks Lauren if she fucks up her parents falling in love and getting married. If that happens, will she just disappear? Lauren says no. And Back to the Future got that one wrong. If your parents don't get married and have kids, then you'll basically just have no life to go home to. Because everything would be different and no one would have any idea who you are. So you won't disappear in the middle of the fantasy under the sea dance? In the photo? About playing Johnny Be Good? God. Hey, I know you're looking for a sound. Listen to this. Yeah. You're not ready for this, but your kids are going to love it. Jamie goes up to the Brat Pack and asks how they're all doing. You like that? I like what you're doing <laughs> there. Kara can't believe that Jamie is still wearing that jacket. Jamie asks if anybody here is in touch with their emotions. Randy grabs his dick and says, Yeah, I'm in touch with this emotion. <laughs> oh, terrible uh, joke. Dickhead. Pam says that she's sure they'll put something in the yearbook. They did that when Fat Trish died and that she likes her jacket. Jamie asks who Fat Trish is and says, Also, you can't call her that. Marissa says, Yeah, not anymore. She's dead. They tell Jamie that Trish died in a car accident and... She was really, really drunk. Wrapped her car around a tree. Randy says that that's why girls shouldn't drive. <laughs> this actually made me yeah. laugh. That's why they shouldn't drive. Not the fact that she was wasted. Yeah. That you got her that way. Anyway. No, that's why you shouldn't drive drunk, says Jamie. Randy says he drives better when he's drunk. No, you don't. I can 100% guarantee that you do not. Probably right on that one. That is correct. That's exactly what a girl would say, Bob. Jesus Christ. Fucking 80s, right? Fucking A. Fucking A, baby. Fucking A. Then the pack make plans to go stay at Heather's parents' condo as Jamie tries to get them as far away from a cabin in the woods as possible to try and save Marissa's life. Another good movie. Cabin in the Woods? Yes. Yeah. So the science teacher, that fucking movie goes bonkers at the end. Yeah, it goes, it goes like, crazy. What? What is this shit? Isn't, um, what's her name from Cheers in that? I think so. So the science teacher comes in and tells LeFleur to partner up with Damon, the creepy guy who stared them down from earlier. When she goes over to sit next to him, he's drawing some creepy ass shit in his notebook. And as he has written down, shoot them in the head. Underlined a bunch. Signals. Yes. Signals. Cut to the pack, picking up Jamie as they're off to go stay at the, quote, condo. Yes, the condo. Jamie asks about Damon, but they refer to him as Lurch. They say he spent most of eighth grade in juvie for fighting too much, and he missed most of last year because of what happened to fat Trish. Jamie asks what they mean about, about Trish. They say that she was his sister. Jamie's taken back by this and asks why they didn't feel the need to mention him as a possible suspect, right? He would be on the top of the list. Yeah, for real. If you're making a list, he's like one or two. Yeah, you uh, you killed his sister, yeah. and now he's going to kill you. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. He's actually number one. They say, well, we never did anything bad to Lurch. In fact, Heather says that she likes him. He works at Billy's Boardwalk. And one time, he caught me going down on Reed Demento in the dollhouse of horrors, and he, he didn't rat us out. 
I took all the load. Oh, all of it. These girls are fucking gross. These these they're terrible human beings. Marissa says, You went down on him there? Were there any people around? Maybe, says Heather. I feel like if you go into the dollhouse of horrors, you can only blame yourself if you see something you don't want to see. Uh, that is a horror, I guess. Yeah. yeah, you walk in there and you see someone getting blown. You, you paid for it. Pam says that this makes her really miss Tiffany. She hated blowjobs so much. You know, pee comes out of there. Yeah, they pee from there. So Jamie falls asleep, and when she wakes up, she can't believe what she's seeing. What is this? My parents' condo! No, this is not a condo! It's not? Oh, maybe I was thinking of a timeshare. This is a creepy-ass cabin in the middle of fucking nowhere! You said we were going to the city! Exactly what she was trying to avoid. Yeah, for real. Hey, no, I didn't. You heavily implied it. Oh my god, what's the big deal? The big deal, Heather, is that there is a murderer on the loose, specifically targeting your friend group, and you drove us into... The woods! Ah! Oh my god! What? I forgot to bring vodka. Oh, no vodka, Bob. How are we going to have screwdrivers? Right? Then the boys roll up, and yes, they have vodka. Oh, thank All God. Right. Oh, we're good. A handle, a big-ass handle of yeah, vodka. A big one. Jamie expresses her disappointment as Pam says, What's the big deal? Did you, like, want to les out with me all weekend? Then inside, everyone's cutting loose. Les out. I yeah. haven't heard that in such a long That's time. That's such an old term. Inside, everyone's cutting loose as Jamie says that there are some rules for tonight. Jesus Christ, you don't know the rules? Well, why don't you cry about it? As they boo her and throw things at her. Boo earns. Boo. boo. I love how Jamie says that and Jamie Kennedy does the rules and scream. Yeah. She tells him that they can't go anywhere alone, especially you, Marissa, and absolutely no one goes outside for any reason, as they all run out and get naked in the hot tub. Yeah, no naked hot tub time. listening to her at all. So Jamie and Kara are sitting outside while the, the rest are in the hot tub, as Jamie hears something off in the woods. Kara tells her that she needs to relax. Why don't you have a brownie? Jamie says that she's had like five already. Kara's like, five? How are you still standing? Are those pop brownies? Says Jamie. Kara says, yeah. And shows her what's left in her baggie. Jamie's like, what are what is all this dirt and twigs? Damn, stems and seeds? Yeah, they, that's she's sh- right. Back then, it was garbage. Shitty 80s weed. And why don't I feel anything? You must have a high tolerance, says Kara. Man, 80s weed sucks. Jamie then tries to get everyone inside, but they're ignoring her. So she tells them, hey guys, there's pizza inside. Did you know? Pizza? Wawa has pizza. Wawa has pizza? Wawa has pizza? I heard it's terrible. We've had it. It tastes like frozen pizza, even though they say they make it fresh. It's not. It's... it's. What's better, Wawa pizza or Costco pizza? I don't know. I've never had Costco pizza. you never pizza. had Costco pizza? It's actually pretty good. No. Where I... else can you get a whole giant pie for 13 bucks? Nowhere. Costco, apparently. I'd rather have Domino's, if I that like, makes I sense. I actually like Domino's pizza. I don't. If you get the... I always have to get extra sauce. If you get extra sauce... You have to get extra sauce. It's just too bad that the Pizza Hut moved down the road. It did. Yeah. I actually don't mind Pizza Hut. No, Pizza Hut's fine. The pan pizza's good. Oh, yeah. With pepperoni and green peppers. Oh, yeah. 
this works. And everybody goes inside except Jamie as Randy stops her at the door and says that if you're not going to have fun, then you can't come in and closes the door. Yeah, take that, bitch. Yep. Jamie looks and sees that there is a window open on the second floor, even though she locked all of them. She knocks on Kara's window and tries to warn her that someone is in the house, but she's too fucked up to understand. Yeah, what? Yeah. What? Cuts to Pam in the kitchen with Blake as Pam cuts herself with a knife while cutting an apple as she screams. Jamie hears this and goes towards it. We cut to Pam and Blake making out on the bed when Pam hears a noise and finally realizes that the killer is supposed to come here tonight. She's like, oh, shit. They get up and barricade their door. Then Randy goes into Heather's room to see if she wants to play some beer pong, but she's passed out. Randy leaves just as Jamie climbs up and shouts at him. He's gone, and we, we see the killer come out. Jamie pounds on the window to try to wake her up, but the killer acknowledges Jamie and then turns on the tape deck and blasts it. Downstairs, Heather asks Randy if he wants to have sex in the hot tub. Sex. Woo. He's like, yeah. Okay. Let's go. I'm good. But he's bad at foreplay, so you're going to have to use the jets for that. All right? Good? Cool. Jesus Christ. Be careful. I forgot about that If you that do part. it too long, it's going to burn. I know. Back in Heather's room, she finally wakes up just as the killer is about to kill her. And we hear music play. She kicks Max Headroom and runs off. But she catch he catches up to her and throws her over the railing and down the stairs below. Ouch. Like Jamie in Halloween. Right? Yes. Jamie. Like Lori in Halloween. Sorry. Max Headroom catches up to her and as he does, he stabs the fuck out of her. But Blake is there and runs at Max Headroom. But it's no match. Jamie arrives and gets some shots in with a fire log, but it's it's not enough. This guy's tough. And just as Max Headroom's going to stab Jamie, Pam hits him in the head with a vase. Fragile, it must be Italian. But that's not enough. Blake comes in with a fire poker as Max Headroom leaves through the back door. Yeah, he just takes off. Yeah, Heather's dead. Day, day, dead. Dead. Cut to the pack at the police station as Jamie gives the sheriff a bag of bloody tissues. Of the killer's blood. He's like, what the fuck is this? She's like, they have, there's DNA. He's like, what is that? Yeah, test it for DNA. Put it in the worldwide database. And they just laugh at her. Like, what are you talking about, psycho? Mm -hmm. The gang asks uh, what they should do now. Jamie says that she doesn't know. Marissa was the one that was supposed to die in the cabin. She's like, excuse me? What? Back at high school where Jamie explains scream to Lauren... When she takes out her prototype time machine, and all of a sudden, Jamie's phone has Wi-Fi. Back in 1987. At the same time, Eddie Royal is being interviewed by Norm Dubassage, as Eddie expresses his emotions over the fact that another girl has been killed. Norm says, men showing emotion. Fascinating. Yeah, he's a, here's his emo phase. Yes. When Norm signs off, the Wi-Fi signal disappears. Then Lauren puts together that she can power up the signal by using the TV van signal to her converter. That should be enough to get her home. Lauren says that according to her phone, her phone's batteries, her battery's parasitic drain, she has about seven and a half 
hours left until she's stuck here forever. Shut the phone off. Mm. Yeah. Seriously. Save your battery. That's it. Put it in you know, a mode, a battery saver mode. Yeah. Put it on airplane mode where it gets no signal. Yeah. Airplane so- mode. Jamie says, that's right around the time Heather was supposed to be killed. Lauren asks, where? She says, at the Halloween carnival at Billy's. Lauren's like, great. They always broadcast there, and that's how they're going to get her home. Jamie says that she can't go home until she catches the killer. Lauren tells, tells her to hurry up or else she better brush up on her Reaganomics. We have a social studies test on Wednesday. Reaganomics, yeah. Yeah. Just say no. Jamie decides that she's going to go investigate this creepy-ass fucking brown van. Yeah, he drove up in a van and really slow, that that classic. Yeah. He's driving and she's staring Mm -hmm, shot. mm -hmm. So, yeah, she's going to go investigate that ugly-ass van. Yeah. She gets in the back and sees what looks like a covered body or something. Is that a body? But when she pulls back the cover, it's just a bike. Some Nintendo cartridges. All right. Yeah, I'll take those. Lurch catches her, but Jamie kicks him in the face. He says, take what you want, but but, but leave the Thundercats. Oh. Yeah. Love that cartoon. She questions him, but he checks out as Doug, Doug shows up being the nerd hall monitor. Hall monitor! What's Nerds. Up? He tells them that only hall monitors are allowed outdoors during school hours. Hey, if you're a hall monitor and you're outside, you're not really a hall monitor because there's no hall to monitor. Isn't that security then? Yeah, you're just security. Free security because you're not getting paid. Idiot. Fucking nerd. Hall monitor! Doug references the games in the back as Lurch says that he wants to make them one day. Doug asks him if he's played Death Wish 3. When you kill someone, they explode into a pink mist. I saw a movie called Death Wish, Death Wish 3. Charles Bronson. Lurch says, uh, let's go inside. It's not safe out here. Doug tells him that he's safe with him. He took karate at the mall for like eight years. Lurch says that he talked to Eddie about that, about that night with Tiffany. He said he was making out with her, but left after she said she doesn't do blowjobs. Just think, maybe if she did do blowjobs, she'd still be alive. That's a good point. Jimmy says, let's not make that the lesson. Go down and save your life. Yeah. Now Jamie and Lauren are at the boardwalk, and they realize that the old time machine isn't going to work. So they're going to have to use the new one she made in shop class. But they're going to need a new power source, one that can generate a shit ton of force, enough to basically disrupt gravity. Hmm. Ooh. Like the quantum drop. Want to talk about those for a minute? Oh, yeah. We were talking about them earlier. We wanted to save it for the podcast. Yeah. uh, Every crappy carnival has a version of the quantum drop yeah and uh but the good ones like you to do what bob yeah stand up yeah stand up and then just stand there and as it's spinning oh it's it, it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun i did it i did it too it made me just want to puke yeah it does make you want to puke god no thanks i think the only time i puked on a ride was down in jenkinson's the teacups yeah we were be, yes. everywhere else in the world. If you do the teacups, there's a limiter. It doesn't make you go let you go as fast. Not that one. As long as you're spinning it, it'll keep going. We spun that. We had four big guys spin it. Ugh. I got off and threw up. You know those balloon rides that they go up and down, and you can spin it. Yes. I used to go on them with the kids when they were little, and uh, 
we get that shit fucking going. And the uh, Tilt-A-Whirl. Let's not forget about that. Yes, the Tilt-A-Whirl. Sometimes you got nothing. And sometimes you got all of it. And it was the Himalaya. Awesome. The Himalaya made me sick one time. Yeah. Especially when it starts going backwards. Those, that's too herky-jerky, man. It's very herky-jerky. Yeah. Didn't but work. the one at the Jank's Boardwalk was always so smooth. Mm. I don't know how the, what they did, but they always kept it so it didn't feel so bad. But yeah, I got sick on the Himalaya. Yeah. So they head over to it and tell the operator that uh, they were sent here from the city. Gonna have to shut it down. There's a panel. The guy's like, cool, cool. So yeah. I, so I, I get to go on break? Yeah. All right, we're okay. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Oh, ride shut down? I'm on my break. I'm on my break. Awesome. Don't need to hear words. The 80s were awesome. Just, just like, took, you at, took you at face value. And it's like, whatever. Really? All right, cool. Nice. I'm going to go smoke a stogie. So Lauren starts uh, setting up on her end and tells Jamie to go catch that killer. Jamie meets up with the rest of the pack and gives them the opportunity to back out. They all agree that they want to catch this motherfucker, but Marissa says that she really doesn't want to be bait. Jamie says that it'll be okay and hands her the rape alarm. Randy says, yeah. What if he slits her throat before she has the chance to hit the rape button? Ooh, that's, mm. that's, ooh. Marissa's like, what the fuck, man? Hey, seriously, have some faith. That's, that's not his MO. He always stabs his victim 16 times. You're fine. It's now nighttime as Pam and Jamie are walking as Kara shows up, dressed as the Grim Reaper with a sick-looking sickle. Yeah, I want one of them. I want a real one. That is that's a, what it is. It is a real she one. She has a real one. She's pretty badass. Remember, her dad's the sheriff. Dad's the sheriff. We see a young Chris Dubassage see the uh, Max Hedrum killer as he is following Marissa. I, I, I see the killer. I, I see. And then we uh, snap right to 23, and he remembers seeing that. So he's getting like... The flashbacks. The flashbacks, and I guess real time for him. Then Amelia gets the new time machine powered up as she tells Dubassage to go get the metal conductor, and he leaves. Then back in 87, the trap to get Max Headroom is underway. As Marissa makes her way towards the back, we see Jamie waiting with a baseball bat. So in walks Max Headroom, and he heads to the back where a Halloween prop jumps up and s- to scare him, but he cuts the head off. Oh, yeah. Pretty smooth. Yeah. And kicks open the stall where Jamie was, and they attack him, but he fights them off as Jamie takes off running. Uh, I like the part before all this when she's walking in there in the dollhouse. And she's she's gonna be the bait, mm-hmm. and she goes, "All right, I'm here, ready for blowjobs." Yes. <laughs> yeah, and Randy's sitting out there in the, in the main room with a, a white mask on. Yeah, just sitting there. All they're all trying to blend in. Yeah, that, I just made me laugh. All right, I'm here. I'm ready. Yeah, pretty to, cool idea. Ready for blowjobs. They all end up in the room together as Max Headroom is fending off, fending off all of them until Jamie stabs him in the back with a knife. He pulls it out and slams Jamie up against the wall and is about to kill her when from behind, that cool sickle I mentioned earlier comes right through Max Hedrum's chest, killing him. Oh, that was an awesome effect. I That kind of jump scared me. I was like, whoa! Thank you. What whoa, the what the f- fuck is that? What the fuck? What the fuck, man, motherfucker? The fuck? <laughs> yes. Kara's back and says, see, I told you I wasn't the killer. They Bitches. P- yeah. They pull off the mask, revealing... Who the killer is, Bob? It's Doug. It's Doug. What? Principal Dogs. He's the killer. Why was Doug the killer? What? Hall monitor. 
They don't understand why he would do this. But then Jamie sees a locket, and inside is a pic of Fat Trish. (laughs) Turns out they were boyfriend and girlfriend. Jamie's like, he hunted you all down because you made fun of his girlfriend? Marissa then says that he must have known about the sleepover. The night she died, they had a sleepover to see if the, the rumor that Trish was sleeping with Coach Zane was true. So they got her really drunk. Trish denied it, but they kept asking her over and over, so she must have called Doug, and then she left. Jamie's like, you got her drunk and let her drive home. Okay. How could you do that? She says to Pam, you killed someone. Pam says, no, I didn't. Yes, you did. You pretended to be her friend, then bullied her, got her wasted, and let her drive home. Marissa says that Pam wasn't there. Pam says that Tiff and her got into a fight over the summer, and they didn't speak for months. Jamie shows Pam the the note, and from behind, another Max Hedrum killer shows up. What's going on here? Oh, my God. Is this like Scream? Multiple killers? Two killers? Whoa. And he slits Marissa's throat. And then she hits the rape alarm. Yes. Classic. Fucking awesome. I love that. (laughs) Oh, man. Kara then shoots at Max Hedrum and she says, My dad also got me this, motherfucker! Boo, 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 boo. Gotta love the 80s. Give love kids it. guns. Notice she didn't turn it sideways. That's the kill shot. Kill shot! Kill shot! <laughs> so apparently this Max Hedrum is from the future. As we cut to 2023, as we see adult Lauren come home to find the time machine gone and Amelia faced first on the ground. Jason got knocked the fuck, fuck out! out. Back to 87, we see Kara continuing to fire at Max Headroom until she runs out of bullets. Then he chases her. So they all run back to the... Well, first she tells them all, Fucking run! Run! But Max Headroom has to finish stabbing Marissa. Yes, she has 16 to, times. to finish the 16 times of stabbing. I love... The thing about this movie, the callbacks, they, they, they set things up and they reference it, but they don't harp on it. You know, no, there's, they're slight and then they're gone. I, I really like that about this movie. It's really cool. So Lauren and Jamie are running towards the quantum drop, and Jamie asks if this is going to work. She says, as long as Norm Dubislage keeps broadcasting, just then Norm's about to finish up. But they run by him, and they say that the killer is here, and keep, keep recording. But then Max runs by and stabs him in the fucking head. Yeah, killing dead. Him. That was awesome. They make it to the quantum drop, and Lauren tells her that she has to stay in the operator area because it's the only place not affected by the centrifugal force. What happens if you don't? Well, basically, you explode. Jamie gives Lauren her jacket and tells her to give it to her mom, and then Lauren goes to leave, but Max comes back. He slashes at Lauren, but she gets away safely as the quantum drop starts spinning. Max makes his way towards Jamie, when in comes Pam as she jumps on Max's back, but quickly throws her to the ground. Max then makes it to the controls and puts it puts the wheel in full motion. Pam and Jamie go, go at Max, and they all start fighting. The wheel really kicks in, and everyone gets thrown to the wall. Max makes his way to his feet and somehow starts walking. Which is pretty slowly badass. Slowly towards, and that was fucking cool, man. Towards Pam, who was pinned to the wall. Max makes it to Pam and stabs her once. But before he's able to do it again, Jamie opens the door and she gets sucked out. Yep, and she gone. She's done. This also sucks the mask off of Max, revealing it to be... 
Chris Dubasage. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> now it all makes sense why the, only those three were killed. And it wasn't Pam wasn't killed because she wasn't there that night. That's right. Jamie yells at him that he killed her mom twice, he says, it would seem, and your own dad. He says, that was just a bonus. Jamie climbs back into the control area as Chris vents and says that he's still alive in this time. Now that Chris won't have to deal with a piece of shit dad who cares more about his legacy than his own fucking son. Damn. Damn. He's got some issues. He's got some issues. I know. He's got a crappy podcast. Yeah, true. Jamie says that he wrote that note to her mom after she died and asked why he would do this. He says to continue the story. It's hard to sustain interest in three kills that happened 35 years ago. But now the sweet 16 killer is back. And he's the boogeyman. The boogeyman is coming. Yeah, he says that. He says, I'm Michael freaking Myers. Yep. Says he can be anywhere at any time. He's Michael fucking Myers. He tries to make it into the center as he and Jamie fight for position. Thanks past me for lowering that. Jamie stabs him in the arm, but Chris slams Jamie's head into a post. Chris says... I have both knives and use them for leverage. He tells her that she shouldn't have time traveled. And Jamie says while pulling out Lauren's nail gun that he shouldn't have messed with her family and lights him to fuck up with nails in the chest. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, Jamie says enjoy the ride as she pushes him out into the spinny area as he bursts into a pink mist. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Mm. Yummy. Okay, we're good with Michael there. The quantum drop stops, and it's at Billy's boardwalk in 2023. So uh, all shitty looking, you know, back when the, the beaver sounded like this. <laughs> Jamie runs home to see if her mom's there. She goes inside, screaming for her. She is there and wearing the jacket as Jamie gives her the biggest hug ever. Aww. Aww. Then Lauren and Amelia come home, and they get big hugs as well. Lauren asks to speak to Jamie outside, and she gives her a notebook of all the things she missed. Then some dude comes out and mentions Jamie's fake blood. Fake, oh yeah, I don't know, thinks it's a costume, and goes inside. She says, who was that? Lauren then says, yeah, so remember how you were trying to keep your parents apart in high school? Well, you didn't. They got together immediately, and that is your 34-year-old brother, and his name is Jamie. Jamie. We're both named Jamie. Just then, Pam comes out and calls Jamie Colette. Oh, terrible name. <clears throat> terrible name. And that her grandmother called, and she can't wait to see her at Thanksgiving. Hmm, it's nice. So Lauren tells her that you better get to reading that notebook she gave her. Jamie lets out a breath and says, fucking time travel. Roll the credits. That's the movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's time for the reviews. So, Rotten Tomatoes has a critic score of 87% and an audience score of 77%. And IMDb gives this movie a 6.6 out of 10. Yeah, seems a little low. Start with the positive reviews. Kevin Carr of Fat Guys at the Movies. Hey. Not as unique or irrelevant as Happy Death Day or Freaky This or Freaky, this still provides a nice modern spin on an 80s slasher. Struggling to find a modern, good, scary movie? I haven't seen a good horror movie in forever. I feel like all horror movies back then were so much better, but this had just that right horror aspect. Also, the 80s, it's Back to the Future, Meeting Scream, and Friday the 13th. Oh, don't speak too highly. Yeah. It has the gore, it has the comedy, it has the jump scare, etc. Directed perfectly. Blumhouse has been killing it, as always, with their films, so I knew this would be a good one. Also, it quite literally contains an actress from the new Scream movie, so that was super cool. Perfect movie to watch for Halloween with friends when you want to stay in. Must I say, Kiernan Shipka is a powerhouse. I agree. She's good. Brian Costello of Common Sense Media. Totally killer. While not as gory, as raunchy as many of the 80s teen horror movies it draws upon for inspiration, nonetheless invokes 1980s teen world of bullying, binge drinking, pot brownies, and Oral sex. Bottles and James. If you love Scream, you'll love this. Not necessarily. Great mix of comedy and horror. Does everything you'd want a time travel movie to do and everything you want a fun light slasher to do. Along with a mystery to solve. If you ever wish you could wipe your memory and go back and watch the original Nev Campbell Scream for the first time, this is your movie. Just a shade more comedic. A lot of jokes are just things the characters mutter under their breath while going off camera and had us rolling. Oh, and also, make sure you've watched Back to the Future before this, because they reference it like 300 times. Yeah, but they don't give any details away. No, they don't. It says a great fun to watch, your friends. Steve Warner of In Review Online, the best film that Blumhouse and Amazon have delivered since joining forces, in a genre increasingly inclined towards the lead-in and having some legitimate lightweight fun with one of these ventures, it is no thing to turn your nose at. My last positive... Back to the Future meets Scream. Didn't expect much of it and was pleasantly taken on a joyride in the 80s. The movie's perfectly balancing comedy and horror, and it's just genius. Fun, creepy, keeps you on your toes. The movie is amazing. Keeping the audience in suspense until the last scene with some surprises, even in the credit scenes. The movie knows exactly what, when to be funny, and when to bring out the big knives. The time machine takes right from the start of the movie felt a bit weird but somehow it works and it works beautifully i don't know how i felt about it at first when i saw it but it's just perfect some of the jokes are a bit cliche for the just perfect so negative reviews casey chong of casey's movie mania despite the entertaining self-aware comedy and game cast Totally Killer feels all a restraint when it comes to fulfilling the 1980s slasher genre. Awful, awful, awful. Whoa, is it awful? I don't care how many hype reviews you read, this film was just awful. Talk about slow, talk about dull, talk about boring, oh my god. A time travel story that ends up being dry, meh, and very cold to watch. The acting was so lame, I just so wanted to find out who the killer was and be done with the story. I can't believe the amount of they're saying this was awful, but they were still were captivated and wanted to see who the killer was. They're 
contradicting yourself here. A little bit. A little bit. Of positive reviews that were written because the story was utterly ridiculous. It took me forever to actually get through watching because I kept turning it off because it was so boring. Don't believe any of the hype reviews and trust me when I say that this film was awful, 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 awful. Hard pass, totally killer. Jesus. Brandon Yu of the New York Times. The somewhat gimmicky genre combination may have been the potential for a winning combination, but Totally Killer struggles to muster up enough charisma to stick the landing. Yeah. Stupid. But in the first 10 minutes, the Julie, wait, Julie Bowen, Modern Family, is in this. But in the first 10 minutes, the Julie Bowen character, the star actress's mother, gets killed in the most cliche trope and dumb manner. In what, an awesome fight scene? What the fuck? In spite of being obsessed with the Sweet 16 Killer... Having trained in martial arts, self-defense, having hidden guns around the house, and doing a great job fighting off a bigger, stronger man, she makes the Jamie Lee Curtis and Halloween movie cliche a mistake of not finishing off the killer. She stabs him once and then crawls off crying and distraught, allowing him to pop back up and kill her. Stupid. She's in her house. A murderer just attacked and tried to kill her. It's perfectly legal, moral, and ethical to use deadly force against someone who's trying to kill you. Stupid. Brian Orndorff of Blu-ray.com. Slasher activity is the most uneventful, bringing severity to an endeavor that is not sharp enough to be a triumphant black comedy, ending up being a mediocre chiller instead. Okay. Why? Good until the end. Why? Just why? Seriously? Why? Does Hollywood have to put this stuff into their movies? This is a spoiler-free review, even for something so pointless and dumb. This movie was slow, then picked up. But then, the no good ending. But overall, the movie is cheap and forgettable. It's trivia time. Jamie, Pam, and Blake have the last name Hughes, which is a nod to director John Hughes, Ah, who directed... All those movies with Molly Ringwald. Yes. Jamie mentions the movie Back to the Future several times. This movie includes several direct or inverted allusions to that movie. For example, in Back to the Future, Marty tries to get his future parents together. While in this movie, Jamie tries to keep her future parents apart. Also, like Marty, Jamie needs the help of the younger version of the genius who built the time machine to help her fix it and get her back to the future. The killer's mask is a mix between Max Headroom without the sunglasses and Billy Idol with the dangling earring. Nice. At the beginning, when the podcast tour group gets samples from the Zataburger employee, Chris Dubuchelas says, let's give it up for Angie, who wishes there were were more people killed. Angie said that there should have been at least six people for a serial killer. After the timeline has changed, there are six people dead. Yeah. So that's pretty fucking cool. That's pretty funny. Teen Pam and her snobby friends dress up as various characters that the actress Molly Ringwong portrayed. They call themselves the Mollies. Nice. And a nod to the 1989 film Heathers. Despite criticisms that this film is identical to the final girls, they have completely different plots. Totally Killer is about a teen who uses a time machine to go back in time to stop her mother's murder by unmasking the killer. The Final Girls is about a group of friends who get sucked into a 1980s horror film starring one of their mothers. Check that out. I'll have to. 
My last uh, trivia is Jamie, the lead character, is named after Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. You took like three of mine, so I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, there wasn't much trivia for this one. No, it's, it's brand new. So, there you go. The revolution is televised. Jay, why don't you go first? Okay. All right. <clears throat> I enjoyed this movie. It's not a great movie. It's, I mean, I'll watch it again. I liked some of how they laid things out, called back to it subtly, not like in your face. See, see what we did? See what we did? They didn't do that. They referenced it and went on. I dug it. I... Thought it was funny. It was well acted against what some people thought. Uh, I give this a seven. Seven. Seven is a good score. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I'll definitely watch it again. It's fun. I will not watch this movie again. Okay. I actually don't like this movie. Okay. I I I watched it twice. I had a hard time getting through it to it twice. I didn't think you were gonna like it. I thought this the dialogue. A lot of it was kind of cringy. Some of it was. I wanted to fast forward through some of it. I really didn't like this movie at all. Okay. It had some good kills in it, which was cool. It gets a four. That's fine. There you go. That's our reviews. So another good show in the books, and uh, we can't wait for next week. Jay says he's got a nice surprise for us. But before that, why don't you hit us up on our socials? You can find us at Facebook at Flick Magnet, Instagram at Flick Magnet, and email us your likes, your suggestions, what you thought about this movie, you know, what you want us to do at FlickMagnetPod at Yahoo.com. All right. Thanks for listening. All right. Stay tuned. in a decade massive solar storms invade our atmosphere disrupting global communications John, it's your dad's old ham radio let's go over to the den huh plug it in and causing unexplained phenomenon W2QYV this is Frank Sullivan <clears throat> hello what'd you say your name was Frank Frank Sullivan is this some kind of joke? That will allow John Sullivan to talk to his father. What do you say we tame this Bronco, huh? You and me, spared guts. Who's been dead for 30 years. But how could it be? I don't know. But we gotta be talking off the mother-son spot of all time. 
I've missed you so much. Well, tell me about yourself. Tell me about your life. I'm a cop. <laughs> You're third generation firefighter. Come on, I thought you were going to grow out of that cop phase. What's going on, Satch? Frank says that he's talking to Johnny on the radio in the future. Now, hey, little chief, there's somebody I want you to talk to. Good night, John. <laughs> Good night there, chief. Chief, chief, chief. Hello? Something's wrong. Something we did changed the past. Something happened to mom. Your mother what? No. She was murdered. We gotta do something. And try to stop this guy. I may not know who he is, but I know where he's gonna be and what he's gonna do before he gets there. Do I call the police? They're not gonna believe me. You got his prince. I want you to hide that wallet. Somewhere where nobody's gonna find it for the next 30 years. The window seat in the dining room. It's in! I got it! Wow. You gotta give me something I can believe. We gotta catch him in the act. And you can make that happen, Dad. I'm not a cop. I'm a firefighter. We can do it together. Remember spirit and guts? Yes, yes, yes. I love you, son. I love you too, Dad. Ha ha ha!